Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. You can find us at babyboomertales.com. Once you've arrived, there are links to Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, and more. Ooh, I feel like I've been doing the Watusi. Christmas is coming. Are you ready? My wife decided this year to shop online exclusively. I hope she keeps her promise to herself. She used to go out to those stores, to the malls, and drive all around and come home worn out and only have one or two gifts. And it just was wearing her down. So for a few years, we just gave gift cards. And I thought that was a great idea. Give a gift card to a kid and let them just go and buy what they want. But this year she decided that that wasn't personal enough. Didn't show any thought or love in the gift. I guess I always put myself in that place thinking, Oh, that gift card, that's nice. But what do I know? Obviously not that much. So she's over in her study trying to figure out what to buy everybody. When you have grandchildren, it's a little harder to keep up because they have such personalities of their own and trying to fulfill that want and desire and interest that they have. Well, it's amazing. I'm glad she's doing it. But if it's my responsibility, you're getting a gift card. You know, I knew this guy and he went and applied for a job at this prestigious place over downtown Kansas City, Missouri. And the HR director was looking at his application and said, this is very impressive. You went to Yale. Would you tell me more about that, please? And Joe, that's my friend's name, looked right at her and said, well, after going to Yale, I really knew that I needed to get a job. <laughs> Thought you'd get through the rest of the year without hearing a joke from me, didn't you? Now for another exciting episode of Forky and Earl. One day Earl went down to Forky's house and said, Forky, I'm bored. Forky said, well, that's okay. I'm always bored. Earl said, what do you do when you're bored? And Forky said, I try to do something to get myself unbored. Like maybe homework, or reading a book, or helping out around the house. And Earl said, I think I'd rather be bored. And Forky said, Earl, we need to do something to spice up our lives. And Earl said, I know it, but I don't know what to do besides homework. And Forky said, I think I have an idea. So they talked about it and schemed about it. And then Forky and Earl walked down Main Street two and a half blocks to the drugstore. 
went into the drugstore and Forky said, There it is. There it is. Earl said, How much does that say it is? And Forky picked up the box, looked at the bottom of the box, and there was a sticker on the box that said the price. He said, Earl, this is only $1.97 for one box of these. We can afford two boxes. Earl said, You sure about this, Forky? Forky said, It's up to you, Earl. It really is. It's up to you. Earl pondered this. Forky held the box for him to see the picture. Earl scratched his head. Then Earl looked around to make sure that Bob wasn't coming. And then Earl said, Forky, we've got $4.50. Do you think that this will pay for the sales tax too? Forky did some calculating in his head and he said, It will. Let's go. Come on. Well, about the time they got to the cash register, here comes Bob. Bob put his arm around old Forky and Earl and said, Boys, what are you doing? And Forky said, My mother wants this stuff, so we came to get it. Earl shook his head, yes. And then Forky looked right at Bob and said, Not really. I'm kidding you. Bob laughed and patted the two guys on the shoulder and walked away to continue doing his work, filling a prescription there at the drugstore. Earl looked at Forky. Forky looked at Earl. Forky said, that was a close one, Earl. Earl said, what do you think Bob would do if he knew what we were really up to? Forky said, he'd probably just laugh. So they took their two boxes and they went back to Forky's house and they went up the stairs, and they went into Forky's room, and Forky said, when do you want to do this? And Earl said, tomorrow. Let's do this tomorrow night. Forky said, I'll have everything ready. You just come on over. Well, the next day, Earl and Forky went to school, and it was Friday, and it was a good day at school, and then Earl went home, and Forky went home, and Earl ate his dinner, and he told his mom and his dad that he had to go to Forky's house to do something very important. And so he went down there, it was already getting dark. And Forky said, I'm ready, Earl. And Earl said, have you read the directions? And Forky said, yes, but you need to read them out loud as we do this. So Earl opened one of the boxes, and he pulled out the paper. He said, this is my box. Your box is the one that you read the directions to already. Well, the first thing the directions said is shampoo your hair. And while the hair is wet, shake up these ingredients in this little bottle and start applying it towards the roots of your hair on your head. And Forky said, this should change everything, Earl. And Earl said, I always wanted to be a blonde there, Forky, like a beach boy. And Forky said, but I am blonde, Earl. And Earl said, that'll make you even more blonde, Forky. So they put the stuff on their head after they mixed it up in the little bottle. And they put it down there. And then the direction said, rub it in good and let it sit for 20 minutes. Well, Forky had a clock in his room, and they watched, and here comes 20 minutes. And Forky says, time to wash this stuff out, Earl. And Earl said, it's burning my head, Forky. I think it's working. And Forky said, it's burning my head, too. And Earl said, let's leave it on a little longer so that we're really blonde. 
And Forky said, I'm really blonde now, Earl. And Earl said, but I'm not really blonde. Let's leave it on longer. And so they looked for another 20 minutes. And Forky said, my head is burning, Earl. And Earl said, my head is burning too, Forky. That must be a good sign. Let's leave it on 20 more minutes and then we'll wash it out, I promise. Forky looked at Earl. Earl looked at Forky. And Forky said, okay, just 20 more minutes. So in 20 minutes, they washed it out of their hair. And Forky said, my head's still burning, Earl. And Earl said, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay, Forky. Your hair is white, Forky. Forky looked surprised and he ran to a mirror and he said, my hair is white, Earl. Then he turned to Earl and he says, Earl, your hair is psychedelic orange. Earl looked at Forky. Earl ran to the mirror and he looked in the mirror and it was glowing orange as could be. Bright orange, oranger than an orange. And Forky and Earl said, do you think anyone will notice? Earl said, I hope some girls at school notice. And Forky says, I hope my mom doesn't notice. And Earl said, I'm sure my mom wouldn't notice. Well, I've got to go home now, Forky. So Earl went home, and it was dark. And as he approached home, his mom was looking out the window. And she could see him coming, because his hair lit up the night sky, a bright orange glow. Well, our story will end here. We will not tell you how Earl's mother reacted to his new hairdo or what all the friends and girls said at school that following Monday. I will tell you, though, that Forky and Earl never did that again. Now for the top 10 55 years ago. That's the top 10 popular songs this week in 1966. Number 10, A Place in the Sun, Stevie Wonder. Number 9, Sugar Town, Nancy Sinatra. Number 8, by the Monkees, I'm a Believer. Number 7, Born Free, Roger Williams. Number 6, That's Life, Frank Sinatra. Number 5, You Keep Me Hanging On, The Supremes. Number four by Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, Devil with a Blue Dress On, and Good Golly Miss Molly. Number three, Good Vibrations, The Beach Boys. Number two, Mellow Yellow by Donovan. And the number one song for the second week in a row by the new vaudeville band, Winchester Cathedral. Love requires sacrifice. When you're a child and then you have brothers and sisters, you have to learn how to be nice to them and share with them and not hit them and to not be jealous when mom gives them attention if they're crying or they need held or they need to eat. And as you all grow up, you have to learn how to share that you're not the only kid anymore. As you grow up and you make friends, you have to learn how to be kind and how to let someone go first or how to laugh when they tell you a joke or how to not make fun of them if they're different than you. 
Sometimes that feels like a sacrifice because everybody else is doing it and you must be nice to them. And you want to be nice to them. You don't want to be mean. You don't want to hurt their feelings. But it'd be so much easier to join the kids that are making fun of them. And when you tell your mom and she tells you how proud she is of you that you stood up for what was right and for a friend and weren't mean to them. You said, Mom, I wanted to be because everybody else was being that way. And your mother looks at you and says, Honey, sometimes loving somebody and being nice is a harder way, but it is always the best way. Well, as you grow older and your friends become girls also, you have to learn and have to be nice and have to put them first and to open the doors for them and to not make fun of them in any way. As you grow up and you have a wife and then children, there is really, truly a sacrifice. Number one, you always have to go to work to provide for your family so your children can have shoes and a warm house and a full stomach and that your wife doesn't have to worry that they won't have a place to live anymore because you have sacrificed so much And it's only normal and it's only right to put somebody else first instead of yourself. When your children are babies, it truly is a sacrifice to change a dirty, nasty diaper at two in the morning or to feed your child and not get mad at them when they dump their cereal on the floor. How about your dog when it's a puppy and it pees and poops on the floor? Are you going to beat it and turn it into a timid, unloved thing? Or are you going to take the time to teach it how to go to the bathroom outside? And as they get older, they surely will, if you teach it with love and sacrifice. As you grow older, and maybe things aren't as easy as they used to be, do you always put your mate first? In my case, my wife first. Show her that she's the most important person in the whole world to you. Show her that you would gladly lay down your life for her or for your children or for your children's children. Others are not so fortunate, you know. So even though there is sacrifice that you must do to show friends and loved ones and family members that you really care, that your heart is right even when you blow it, that forgiveness is more than, I'll forgive them, but I won't forget it. No, it's putting the whole thing behind you and forgetting and forgiving. Even if you have to remind yourself every day, I forgive, I walk in love, I walk in sacrifice. In the Bible, in John 15, 13, it says, There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. That's not just dying for somebody, but that's letting them have the last piece of cake. That's giving them a ride when you're so tired at night and you get this phone call and they need a little help. That's about seeing the good in them and not talking about them behind their back. That's forgiving and forgiving and forgetting and forgiving. That's laying down your life for those that are in your life. Thank you for joining me today. Kindness is always putting someone else first, no matter what. I'll see you next Wednesday for our Christmas special. Peace out.